episode 885. All the attention is on Aaron Rodgers as the Green Bay Packers prepare to take on the Carolina Panthers. We'll preview the game with Greg Peterson of VSIN in Las Vegas. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're taking a look against uh, the Green Bay Packers game against the Carolina Panthers. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Greg Peterson, producer for VSIN in Las Vegas. Greg, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. You bet. Uh, First of all, Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your connection to Wisconsin, and and your role with VSIN, uh, because if our listeners don't think they know about it, they actually might know that this is the broadcasting network that Brent Musburger helped found. Yes, it certainly is. When Brent Musburger stepped away from ESPN back in January of 2017, this is actually why he stepped away. He stepped away to start out the Vegas Stats and Information Network, which stands for VSIN, and I was one of the people that decided to jump on board with this in June, and many people might remember my name, Greg Peterson, because I used to actually live out in Wisconsin. I was born and raised in Wisconsin, went to college out there at UW-Oshkosh, used to do some radio work for 90.3 WRST out in Oshkosh, and then I've moved around the country in the past couple of years, currently working out here in Las Vegas with Brent Musburger's Beeson as a producer and a college basketball extraordinaire. <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing a good job out there. It, do, do you call it VSIN or VSIN? We call it VSIN. VSIN. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Greg, let, let's talk about this game here. Of course, there's a lot of attention on Sunday's game because of the return of Aaron Rodgers. How has he affected betting lines? Because I know many places didn't even create a line at the beginning of the week. Yeah, it was really interesting because they didn't know whether he was going to start or not. It looked like at the beginning, the line was right around six points, which was essentially it was essentially the middle mark of whether he would play or whether he would not if it if it would have been had Aaron Rodgers started the starting line would have been right around minus three or minus two for the Carolina Panthers now that he is in now that it is confirmed it is right around minus three to minus two and a half I feel like that that's a little bit uh, lower than normal because had it been a healthy Aaron Rodgers I've been told by most bookmakers that this would probably be either a minus one or minus one and a half line, but there is obviously still a little bit of questions as to whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be rusty, what kind of Aaron Rodgers you're going to see first game back, things like that. But it has certainly moved the line greatly. And we actually, a lot of bookmakers have power rankings that they do. And when they made their power rankings in the preseason as to quarterbacks and how they affect the line, Aaron Rodgers was number one on that list. 
and it wasn't even close. <laughs> Very interesting. All right, Greg. Now, in your own personal opinion, do you think Aaron Rodgers is just going to jump right back in without skipping a beat? That's a good question because we've seen this song and dance a couple of years ago. Many people might remember the Packers and the Bears had a winner-take-all game to go to the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers was obviously able to hook up with Randall Cobb in that game for a long touchdown. That took the Green Bay Packers to the NFC North Championship. I think that we're going to see a little bit of rust from Aaron Rodgers because you don't take off seven games and just come in and just completely light the world on fire. And at the same time, I think we're going to see a lot of the old Aaron Rodgers. What I expect to see, though, is a little bit of a reduced mobility because you have to believe that Aaron Rodgers might be a little bit gun-shy to start out with to take a hit on that shoulder. So I think we're going to see a lot of the old Aaron Rodgers, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of a pocket-passing Aaron Rodgers rather than one that's going to be more willing to move. Um, all right, Greg, so let let me phrase the question this way here. Do you think Jordy Nelson becomes Rodgers' favorite target again? Be- because we saw while he was out – that Devontae Adams kind of took over the number one receiver role in Green Bay. So does does Jordy Nelson reemerge now? I do believe so, because when you take a look at when Aaron Rodgers was in the lineup over the course of the past two years, I believe that Jordy Nelson had the most red zone targets of any wide receiver in the NFL. That's absolutely huge, because Brett Hundley was not a guy that was really driving the Packers as much. You notice that the Packers were settling for more field goals, Hundley was not throwing for a lot of yards. Heck, I think in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, he had less than 100. And he had a good game against the Cleveland Browns. But let's be honest here, it is the Cleveland Browns after all. You can't expect bad teams to do good things. So I think that Jordy Nelson is going to become a much more focal point of the offense. I think that he's going to have a monster game. We're talking to Greg Peterson of VSIN in Las Vegas here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, Greg, uh, how do you think the return of Aaron Rodgers will impact the Packers' running game? Who They found some nice young backs uh, lately in the emergence of Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. So what will the impact be there? That's going to be interesting because, as we know, the running game has been a little bit banged up this year. Injury after injury, it's been... A little bit frustrating if you've been a Packers fan, but I do think that it's going to take a little bit more of a backseat. I think that they're going to uh, put a little bit more of a of an impact on the passing game because when Brett Hundley was in there, the play calling with Mike McCarthy and company is a lot more conservative. I have a feeling that they're going to pass, 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 and then they're going to try to keep defenses off guard with the run, which he didn't do as much when Brett Hundley was in there as a quarterback, which could lead to fewer carries, but it also could lead to more big runs by these running backs. So I have a feeling that feeling that it's going to be a little bit of a different approach, and it could actually help out the running game in general. Okay, uh, let's look at the other side of the football. Much of the attention is on Aaron Rodgers, but Greg, can, can the Packers' defense hold up their end of the bargain? I think that they can, because when you take a look at Cam Newton, he is a guy that does a little bit of everything. We all know that He's a very good runner. I still remember in like his second game ever, he threw for over 400 yards on the Green Bay Packers. That obviously came in a Carolina Panthers loss, but I do have a feeling that the Packers will be able to hold up just because the Panthers have not really gotten that running game going consistently. I know that Jonathan Stewart had a big week last week for the Panthers, but at the same time, he's really been a bust for them. 
Christian McCaffrey is a guy that has really been out there for a lot of snaps for the Panthers, but at the same time, he's more of a pass catcher. So if the Packers are able to do at least a halfway decent job of protecting the pass, they should be in very good shape. I hope so. Um, seeing as you're out there in Las Vegas, let's let's talk from a betting perspective here. Uh, Greg, how, how do you think the over-under in this game will go? That's going to be such a good question because right now that over-under number is hovering right around 47, depending on where you look, because obviously some offer a point higher, some offer a point lower. The Packers have actually been going over recently the past couple weeks. The over-under in that uh, Buccaneers game was right around 42-43. They managed to go over with an overtime win. The over-under in that Cleveland game, more towards 40. That one over thanks to the Packers' overtime win there as well. So I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people betting the over based on uh, recent history with the Packers, the way that they were able to win those two overtime games. And the fact of the matter is, the Packers' defense has been giving up quite a few points. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser looked actually pretty good against the Packers, and Deshaun Kaiser has not looked good against anyone. Let's be honest here. And you just take a look at this Packers team. You know that they're going to have to run and gun. They're, have, they're going to have to get into shootouts in order to get some wins. I think this week is going to be no exception. I'd probably be looking at like a 50-51 uh, point total in this one, so... I have a feeling that a lot of betters are going to feel the same way and bet this one over. Interesting stuff. Um, all right, before we let you go, Greg, what's your pick both against the spread and straight up in this game then? Against the spread, since the Packers are going to be getting points, and we've seen this song and dance before. We actually had Tim Brando on our network with Brent Musburger yesterday. He was actually on the call for that Buccaneers versus Packers game, you might remember. He feels that the Packers are Destiny's child. And you know what? I feel the exact same way. So give me both against the spread and straight up the Green Bay Packers. All right. Sounds good, Greg. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. You're getting up early out there in Las Vegas on the uh, you know Pacific time zone out there. So I appreciate you talking to us so early. I hope your na- your neighbors aren't mad at you that they're still sleeping or something while you're talking on the phone. But anyway, I, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot and keep up the good work with VSIN. Always happy to join you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Greg Peterson of VSIN joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And by the way, Railbird Central is bought, brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's forthcoming beer bar Opening in the spring of 2018. I'm excited to bring it to you. I'm excited to see you there. Let's make it happen very, very soon. All right, let's talk some Packers news. Uh, We could sit here and pick apart all the things Rodgers said this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said he's not concerned about the potential for re-injury. Uh, he said there, he, he's not here to be the Packers' savior, and he believes the Packers can make the playoffs. Uh, he said Devontae Adams should get paid. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> we covered what Aaron Rodgers had to say. I take those comments at face value, and I don't really think they deserve all that much of a deeper dive. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited about Aaron Rodgers' return, but I'm more interested in how he performs than parsing what he has to say. 
as far as re-injury goes, it is what it is. He's taking a relatively small risk. The Packers are taking a relatively small risk by putting him out on the field. But but every football player is taking that risk every day. If you worry about that risk, you can't be playing the game. And hypothetically, even if he does break his collarbone again, okay, he's going to have all off season to heal in time for 2018. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, and we're not going to talk too much about what Aaron Rodgers had to say. Uh, we'll save the analysis for uh, what he has to do on the football field. And I'm excited about that. So we'll we'll wait to see what happens on Sunday. But in other Packers news, I'm more interested in the status of a couple other injured players here. Uh, things that have kind of come to light throughout the course of this week as the Packers begin their preparations for the game against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Offensive lineman Jason Spriggs was added to the injury report on Thursday in an unforeseen move. He was listed as limited with a hip injury after not being listed at all on Wednesday. So it must be something that cropped up on the practice field. I I haven't seen any comment from anyone on the injury. So that's really all we have to go on for now. Uh, Of course, we've talked about in the past how well, you know, from a relative perspective, that, that Jason Spriggs has performed since taking over as the starter at right tackle. He hasn't been dominant by any means. He hasn't been as good as Brian Balaga out there, but he's provided a steadying influence, and he's given some hope that he'll live up to those expectations of being a second-round draft pick yet and one that the Packers traded up to get. You know, it just what we haven't seen was those easy sacks that Spriggs gave up in the preseason. Uh, the ones in which he was beaten right off the snap and didn't even have a chance. Or he'd take one false step and whiff, and, and there you go, the defender is by him. We haven't seen that. Uh, has he gotten beaten? Sure. But at least when he has, like last week I remember on, on, on his biggest mistake, at least he made the pass rusher go out wide around him to, to, to beat Spriggs. And, I mean, that's going to happen to every offensive lineman occasionally. Uh, you hope it doesn't happen too often. But at least when you're pushing the pass rushers out wide, it's taking time to do that. And you can only hope that the quarterback is making a quick read and a quick decision. Um, now, if it's there's good coverage down the field, uh, if the quarterback double clutches or things like that then dangerous things can happen certainly it's not guaranteed that the pass rusher is going to get there in time every time but you know if the court there's a greater chance that a hit could happen or a sack or a hurry or whatever however you kind of want to categorize that uh, but those things can happen. But Jason Spriggs is taking steps in the right direction here. I hope he's okay. Um, uh, uh, of course, uh, we we've um, uh, we 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 certainly aren't hoping for injury. But but if Spriggs can't go, the Packers can likely fall back on Jordan McRae, 
uh, who played there for a stretch earlier this season. So I would expect if he can't go, that that's, that's who would step in. Pardon me. Um, but so there we go. There, there's the situation on the offensive line, but, but elsewhere on the injury front, you know, we're, we're still not sure what to make of Nick Perry. Uh, the good news is, is that he's practiced this week, albeit on a limited basis, but he did so both Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy characterized it as Perry being in a trial return, and we've heard the same thing with, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's where he was last week, but uh, we see where Aaron Rodgers is now, so that that you know, these players can frequently get out of that if they're doing well. Uh, Perry's dealing with both shoulder and foot injuries this year, and he's missed two games, including last week's game against Cleveland. Now, now certainly the Packers are at their best when Perry is out on the field. But uh, if he can't go, uh, they'll have to rely on some combination of Ahmad Brooks, Kyler Fackrell, and Vince Beagle if Perry can't go. We've seen all those guys flash from time to time, uh, but you know we haven't seen consistent play out of them. Um, it, we would rather have Nick Perry out there, albeit sometimes he's plagued by inconsistency as well. But you know, with Perry, you do get the good run defense. You, you know, that's he brings that more often than he does the pass rush. And, and he can be a good pass rusher. You would just like to see it perhaps a little bit more often. Now, the good news with Nick Perry is he's practicing. And if he's doing that, I tend to think he'll play, but that's by no means a guarantee uh, it's just one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see. It, it could certainly be a, a, a game time decision. You know, I can remember with fellow outside linebacker Clay Matthews just a couple weeks ago, where they put him out on the the, the field for a pregame workout before the game, before deciding, you know, whether or not he'll play. You know, obviously they can't wait till the very last minute till kickoff to do that. Uh, they have to make create those game day inactive lists uh, before the game, you know, 90 minutes before the game. They have to make a decision by then. But in the case of Nick Perry, it, it really could come down to that. Um, finally, just other injury news. Cornerback Dimitri Goodson also returned to practice this week. Uh, we know he was dealing with the hamstring injury there, and that's good at least from a depth perspective. Uh, you know, as the Packers have been dealing with tons of cornerback injuries, including to Devon House, who looks to be out here. Uh, although Josh Hawkins is, you know, the most likely player to receive more snaps in his place. Uh, but good to have some depth there. All right. Uh, the Packers filled the opening on their practice squad this week by signing wide receiver Colby Pearson on Wednesday. He takes the spot vacated when fellow receiver Max McCaffrey left to sign with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if the name Colby Pearson sounds familiar, it's because he was with the Packers during training camp. He practiced some, but suffered an injury and didn't play in those first couple preseason games. 
but he was part of that trio of skill position players from BYU that the Packers added in the offseason, along with running back Jamal Williams that they drafted, and quarterback Taysom Hill, although Hill is now gone. Uh, but at least there's a familiar face on the practice squad, and, and that should help the Packers not miss a beat during their week of preparation here for the Panthers. Uh, we we probably shouldn't expect Pearson to be seeing game action anytime soon, especially because the Packers already have seven wide receivers on their 53-man roster and another one on the practice squad. Uh, but there you go. That's that's the roster move the Packers made this week. And, and one final note of news here. Uh, congratulations to Trevor Davis, who was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, primarily on the strength of his 65-yard fourth-quarter punt return that helped set up the game-tying score this past Sunday in Cleveland, uh, although he also did a capable job on a few kickoff returns as well. It's just nice to see a Packers player being honored like that, especially when one of these awards is not determined by fan voting. This one is handed down directly from the NFL, and Davis certainly did a good job. So congrats, kid, on on winning one of the NFL's weekly awards and the Packers doing a good job. Now, as far as a game prediction goes uh, for this game, I'm going to rain on everyone's parade. (laughs) I know Aaron Rodgers is back and I think he can, for the most part, step in and be effective right away. But I, I can't. But can I see this team pulling off another situation where they have to win out to make the playoffs again, just like last year when they had to win five straight to even qualify? I, I can't. Uh, I'll give the Packers this though: if they can win this game on the road. It gives them a ton of momentum heading into the final two games, both against NFC North division rival opponents. Uh, I'm going to be predicting a loss for this Sunday, and this probably has more to say about the Packers' defense than than any doubt I have in Aaron Rodgers. But, But if there is any time Aaron Rodgers might be rusty, this might be it. Not not that he'll make a ton of mistakes. I don't expect that. But he could certainly make one throw he regrets that, that ends up in an interception. And if the Packers defense can't hold up its end of the bargain, it's going to be difficult to win in a road environment. Now, I do think it'll be close. I'm going with the 28-27 uh, with, with the Panthers coming out on top. Don't get me wrong. I want the Packers to win. I'll be cheering for them to win. I hope I'm wrong. And if you want to take out your frustrations on me, feel free. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But there you go. There's this week's game prediction. That'll be highly unpopular. Anyway, moving on. The day ahead. All right. Friday is the final day to hear Packers head coach Mike McCarthy in advance of Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. He'll hold his final press conference of the week at 10.15 a.m. Central Time on Friday morning, as usual, streamed live on Packers.com, where you can watch it or listen to it. Um, And I think the thing we'll be waiting to hear from 
from McCarthy on Friday. Is the status of offensive lineman Jason Spriggs and his injury more than anything? Because we haven't really heard anything since uh, since seeing his name on the injury report. We, We don't really know the severity of it. Now, how much Mike McCarthy has to say on the matter just one day after the injury allegedly or probably happened remains to be seen. Uh, but at least expect him to be asked about it, and, and we'll see what he has to say about it. Uh, just because this, you know, the, the rest of the injuries we kind of knew about. You know, we know about Devon House's injury. We know about Nick Perry's injury. Uh, they, they've happened, they've missed time. We've, we've seen reports about it or they've commented about it. We, we just don't know about Jason Spriggs here. So that, that, that's why it, it's kind of the one question that remains to be answered here. Um, the, of course on, on Friday afternoon, then the Packers will also release their final injury report of the week and will not only get their, their, the players practice capacity, uh, but we'll get those game day status projections, the the questionables, the doubtfuls, and, and yeah, we're we're looking at Jason Spriggs, Nick Perry, Devon House. Uh, you know, we we can probably expect Devon House is out this week, uh, but that's what we're looking for uh, on a Friday here. Uh, on Friday night, it's the monthly family night at the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Uh, just if you weren't aware, kids 11 and under receive free admission with an adult. So there's that as well, if you're interested. And I know they're, they're selling tickets on the Packers official website. If you want to do that, just kind of a monthly promotion that they do, uh, to try to get people in the door. And it's a cool one and a good one. Uh, so if you're happen to live in the greater Green Bay area, uh, feel free to uh, take advantage of that. And other than that, we're just waiting for Sunday's game that is highly anticipated with the return of Rodgers, of course. Uh, it's a noon kickoff, and it will be televised on Fox. And then, of course, there's all the other ways to catch the game. There's the Packers Radio Network. Uh, You can do it online with a subscription to NFL Game Pass. You can watch it via the DirecTV package. However you digest a game, it's Sunday at noon. And enjoy it, folks, because that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Greg Peterson, Wisconsin native of VSIN for joining us, uh, for being our guest and looking at the Packers game from a betting perspective, a gambling perspective, and um, that'll do it. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We will not have a Monday episode of Railbird Central. I apologize, everybody. Um, I'll, I'm traveling back to my uh, uh, see my family for the holidays, a little bit in advance of the holiday here. Um, and uh, we'll be unavailable to do a show on Monday, but we'll be back again next Wednesday uh, to uh, break the game down. We'll talk to Nathan Yonke. We'll... We'll take a statistical look at the Packers game against the Panthers, and hopefully we're talking about a, 
uh, a Packers win, uh, staying alive for the playoffs, and a triumphant return for Aaron Rodgers. So looking forward to that. So we'll talk to you next week, folks. On behalf of everyone at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Carvu. I leave you today with a song called Let's Go Outside by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go Pack Go. It's a flag.